Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Welcome back to The Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production, is also brought to you by Walter Carl Interactive at waltercarl.com. That's K-A-R-L.com. Glad to have Walter Carl on board as part of The Advertising Show. And a great show today, too. We've got um, Peter Smythe, who is president and CEO of Greater Media, Inc., and also chairman of the Radio Advertising Bureau. He's on the board of directors there. And we'll be talking with uh, Peter about a whole bunch of stuff here in just a few minutes. Peter's out of Boston this weekend with Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth. And how in the heck are you doing? Well, I'm doing great. And, you know, off the air before uh, we came on today, we were talking about the brutal weather they've been having back east and the strange weather uh, in Texas and other parts of the typical Strange more weather in the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah. And, you know, apparently harsh weather uh, forces a lot of people to stay inside. No no big surprise there. But right. apparently there have been a lot of logging on to local TV station and Internet sites. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, trying to find out the latest uh, weather updates, Internet broadcasting's uh, more than 70 TV radio, uh, TV stations, uh, websites nationwide experienced record levels of, uh, of uh, traffic last week, getting more than 35 million page views on one particular day, that being wow. February 13th. Some of, uh, of uh, Internet Broadcasting's websites include WBALTV.com in Baltimore, WLB, I'm sorry, WLWT.com in Cincinnati, according to the tele- Television Bureau of Advertising. Web spending at local TV sites up 41% in 06. Now, how much was that? $399 million. So the message is here, folks. If you're not thinking about it, you probably ought to, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like color TV. It's going to be here a while. <laughs> yeah. And it'll probably grow, too. Do you remember the, the uh, funny thing? Speaking of Peter out of Boston, the, uh, the funny thing? Well, actually, it wasn't so funny. The guerrilla marketing uh, thing that went wrong mm-hmm. in Boston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Ewan, uh, who was, I think, on television, I could be wrong, uh, actually uh, making a, kind of an idiot out of himself in front of the press by reciting hairstyles or something yeah. when they were trying to yeah. ask questions. Well, according to uh, Brand Week, he finally spoke out. This was on the 19th of Feb, okay? Should have done it a little sooner, but at least he came forward. Sam is uh, the founder uh, and the CEO of the agency. It's called Interference, which is a great name. Uh, once boasted to Brand Week, he's never been arrested for any of his marketing stunts. That's a real dangerous place to go, Sam. He'd be an interesting person to have on the show, wouldn't he? He still hasn't, but his name has become infamous among certain members of law enforcement community after the uh, Cartoon Network's Aqua Teen Hunger Force shut down the city for a few hours on the 31st. If I were Sam, I would rethink some some uh, uh, strategies Strategy, there yeah. mm-hmm. and also hire a PR person because, Sam, you're a little bit off mark there, pal. Yeah. Uh, but at least he came back. You know, uh, Brandweek said... Did you think it's that sort of a stealth campaign where people would be walking by it and not noticing, but insiders would go, oh, yeah, that's one of those little Aqua Teen guys, uh, uh, whatever that is. And, and Sam says, I wouldn't call that stealth. I'd call it targeted. Uh, Brand Week says, uh, were the signs lit up or were they going to be lit up? And he says, no, the signs were always intended to go uh, on at night and off during the day, and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, there, So there's some logic there. And obviously he's got uh, the ear of uh, a large organization, and now he's got his 15 minutes of fame, doesn't he? Right. 
You know, so. Right, and you know, that you you have to ask yourself, Time Warner, that you know, the client that approved that, you know, who, whoever approved that, are they still working there? You think? Uh, I'd be real surprised if they were, actually. Yeah. Uh, Brandweek also says, they says, you have to ask you the big question. Were the devices supposed to look like bombs? Was that your intention all along? And, and he says, it certainly was never our intention to create something that would scare people. Notice he didn't answer the question. I couldn't comment on whether they looked like bombs or not. It's not my training or specialty. I know they were designed to highlight the show's character. So, and hmm. was there any concern in the planning stages that could be taken out of context, that somebody could see this as a threat? The signs were never designed to scare people. He keeps saying that back and back and back. Got yeah. a nice haircut from the 80s, too. It looks great. Yeah, he does. So, Sean, well, yeah. let's get him on the show sometime, Brad. That'd well, I'm afraid that they might stonewall us like they did during that uh, press conference, which was really a joke. <laughs> and I, I was surprised, frankly, they even aired parts of it. But, yeah, uh, good point. Kind of silly. Good point. You know, uh, I don't. Do we want to take a quick uh, break on the? Yeah, uh, I really think we should. We've got uh, Jeffrey Gittimer here on the way from the advertising show. Let me take a look here. Uh, It's uh, talking about. He's talking about the secret formula. It's called consumer loyalty, not satisfaction, but customer loyalty. And let's find out what Jeffrey Gittimer has to say. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. The secret formula of customer loyalty is react, respond, and recover plus one. You do something wrong. The customer gets mad. You apologize. Try to fix the problem. Make nice to the person and hope they don't go someplace else next time. Look, when the customer is angry or you can't deliver the way they expect, the formula that will make them forgive you, continue to do business with you, and tell others about you is react, respond, and recover plus one. The customer's story is crafted by your words and deeds. How much is a positive story worth? How much is a saved customer worth? How much does a negative story cost? How much does a lost customer cost? The answer is plus one. All you have to do is ensure that the story will be positive and the customer will be saved. And what you have to do to make certain of that is add plus one at the end of the transaction. Something extra the customer is not expecting. Something that will add a smile. Something that will add some good to the situation and make a pleasant surprise. A memory that will last. Something the customer will talk about. Do something that is unexpected so that when they talk about you, they talk about you and tell the story bad and then how you recovered. Plus one will give you plus money in your bank account. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer, reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, 
It may be because your ad sucks. Yeah. Say it, Jeffrey. It's uh, Peter Smythe with us here just uh, momentarily for a few segments on today's show, The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. Peter is president and CEO of Greater Media, Inc. You've heard of them, right? Good. Sure. Chairman of the uh, Radio Advertising Bureau Board of Directors as well. He joined uh, Greater Media back in 86 as a GM of... uh, I would seem with the call letters WMJX would be, would be Magic FM in Boston. Who was appointed vice president, general manager the following year. Uh, Peter appointed the, the position of president and chief operating officer in uh, 2000. In uh, 02, named Greater Media's president and CEO. He be, got into broadcasting back into '77. So he's a, a kind of a youngster uh, in this work, <laughs> but mm-hmm. at a great station WROR in Boston. And uh, RKO General, uh, the parent company of WROR, recruited him to direct the sales operations, we're going to run out of time here, of his uh, New York stations until his departure in 86. Is that right? 86? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, well, we'll just have to continue this story. It's kind of like a sequel thing, you know, like they do on the television. Right. It has three parts. (laughs) And uh, we're going to have to ask Peter, since he's been in broadcasting for so long, if he ever fired you in the many 20-some-odd years you were in that Do not recall at 30. Do not recall that. No. No, it was 20. It felt like 30. Back in just a minute with more of the advertising show. Stay with us. This just might be your business. Hello? Anybody hear me? Your message might be missing the eyes and ears of your best customers and prospects, those who are online. I'm talking, but what I really need to be doing is talking online. With on-target email list recommendations, the industry's most comprehensive email prospecting database, strategic interactive advertising solutions, and proven strategies for finding your new customers online to the tune of about 500 active partners, all of a sudden, hello, I'd like to talk to you. You've connected with your customers and prospects in a new and dynamic way. Wow, this is kind of cool. Walter Carl Interactive, a powerful e-marketing solutions provider that can make your next online advertising push a big success. Walter Carl Interactive, with over 8 million quality B2B and over 130 million consumer email addresses. Interactive marketing, multi-channel strategies, e-marketing databases, online customer acquisition solutions. Walter Carl Interactive. Go to W-A-L-T-E-R-K-A-R-L dot com. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Juicy. Hey, how about a nice Hawaiian punch? Sure. You taste seven kinds of fruit in Hawaiian punch. Seven kinds of fruit in Hawaiian And before I was so rudely interrupted by that commercial. What? A commercial? On the advertising show? Okay, good. It's uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, and we were just about to bring P- Peter Smythe on board here. Radio Inc. Uh, magazine selected Peter as Radio Executive of the Year in 06, America's Best Broadcaster in 05. Did you ever get, uh, Peter, did you ever get the, uh, the Best Dad Award, too, or something like that? Or Well, first of all, let me tell you, I'm very grateful to be here with you today on Sunday. That's a great opportunity to spend some time with you and uh, you know all those different prizes or awards that you get i think are, are really uh, a reflection of the men and women in our company so I, I you know i think they're great but they're really a recognition of what greater media has done and the people in radio and, and the uh, print business so i i salute them for those 
Well, that was very politically correct and very nice of you to say as well, Peter. But welcome to the advertising club. Well, thank you very much. I figure it's the advertising club. I should try to do the right thing. There you go. You got it. Absolutely. Well, you know, maybe a few of our listeners are not familiar with Greater Media. Peter, if you would, a quick thumbnail of Greater Media and what they do. Uh, We're probably uh, today one of the largest privately held radio companies in America. We'll see what happens with Clear Channel. Um, We own 20 radio stations across the United States. We're in uh, Boston, Detroit, Philadelphia. Most of New Jersey. Um, we are also in the newspaper business. We have 14 newspapers and a printing company and a tower company. The company is about 50 years old. It was founded by uh, Peter, the late Peter Bordas, and um, it basically was built on the inter- entrepreneurial spirit that uh, radio is a local business and it should benefit the consumer and the stockholder that it operates in. So that's basically what we're all about. And um, you know we. We have a wide array of formats that we do, and um, I think that we're a pretty innovative company, and I think we're pretty much on the cutting edge in technology and everything else that we try to do. So it's an exciting time to be in this space, and I'm glad to be there. Yeah, well, Ray and I are both uh, honored to have you on the show today. And just for those listeners that are are, uh, still uh, wondering, uh, Peter has fired many people named Ray, but Ray Shillings is not one of them. Never happened. I I stand up and I'll put my hand on the Marconi Bible. Never did that. Well, let's uh, shift gears for a sec and uh, talk a little bit about HD radio. You know, it's been a lot of uh, talk and a huge buzz for the radio industry for the last year or so. Many say that it's uh, traditional radio's reaction to satellite. I know greater media has been aggressive in the HD sector. Let, let's hear your thoughts on HD radio in general, Peter. Well, Brad, you're correct. We were probably the first company that really got out in front of us and embraced the technology in the very beginning. And, and I do think that, um, I mean, for us to be positioned against the satellite industry, I think is, is kind of silly um, because if you look at your growth in relationship to other people's growth, you can't go anyplace. And, and the growth of the satellite industry is something today that doesn't really threaten me. But um, I, I think that the HD revolution is that radio traditionally has been an analog business. And as we move along into the 21st century, most of the young adults and most of the people who are going to use any devices today are going to be living in the digital world. So the radio industry had to cross that bridge and move into that. Now everybody says, well, you know, what is this really all about? Where are we going? I think the quality of the sound is critical. I mean, you will get CD quality sound out of your existing radio devices that you will have to purchase. But number two and more importantly is the opportunity to do multicast on the secondary channels. And I think what that brings to the marketplace is the diversity of voices. You know, you can go all the way. I mean, in Boston, we have a Gaelic channel on today. In Detroit, we have an incredible young rock station that's targeted to kids 12 to probably 21, 20. And um, you'll be able to have a reading channel. You'll be able to have a literacy channel. You'll be able to have an author's channel where they'll just come on and talk about their books and things like that. And, and I really see the beginning of this is to bring diversity free to the marketplace of different voices. I think that's very important. Well, you know, I was going to ask about who the market is for, uh, who the target is for HD, but it sounds it like sounds it's, like uh, everybody. yeah, it's a everybody. little bit of everyone. But everybody I've never heard anyone, it. I've never heard anyone, Peter, describe the business model for HD. I know for uh, the initial launch and several uh, months after, it's been commercial free. What's the business model there? I think that you know, for the next year, we'll stay commercial free on all our channels. I do believe that the commercial model for uh, HD2 will be the antithesis of what we have today. Um, we're growing up in a generator. Generation is growing up where they expect they expect most things for free, 
but they do expect to have some advertising supported in it. The model of running 12 or 14 or whatever, how many units stations run an hour, I, I don't think it's going to offer it like that. I think it's going to adopt, this is my interpretation of it today, I think it will adopt some type of a PBS model where you'll see shows brought to you by X. You'll see more product placement in the, in the programming itself. You will see, um, you know, could it become a subscription base? I doubt it. I, I don't really see that happening. But I see more of a PBS type of model brought to it because hmm. I think that's better programming. Yeah, and I guess you guys have got to be excited about BMW just announcing that they plan to offer factory-installed HD digital radio receivers in all, uh, as an option in all 07 models, so that's got to be exciting. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, uh, I don't know, challenges with radio from a creative standpoint. How much of a problem exists with agency creatives lacking a, a basic knowledge of how to create effective radio ads? Well, I, I think that, you know, that radio itself, um, I, I think that we have got to do a better job of talking more to the creative community about the value of radio. And, you know, there's no better instrument in the theater of minds than radio. I mean, you just think of the images that can create and you think of, you know, the pictures that it can paint and the canvas that, that all these different creative men and women can work with, and it's just really not utilized to its proper dimension. If you listen to the OnStar campaign, which is a powerful, compelling campaign, it really makes one think about how important that button is or that lifeline or that, that support, that one-on-one -on -one relationship that radio has. It's a, it's a community-driven business. It's a one-on-one -on -one between the personality and the end listener. And I don't think that any mass market television, whatever it may be, can, can invoke those emotions. And, you know, people in communities believe that it's their radio station. It's their, that's my radio station. That's my air personality. That person's talking to me, talking about me, making me feel better about oneself. And I think if people understand and the creative community gets a better understanding of the power of the spoken word, I mean, there's nothing greater. I mean, look at all the music and that is used in television commercials today to invoke those memories. What better vehicle to do that than radio? And I think you know, radio today is really, I think we're moving more and more towards the audio entertainment business. Yeah, you know, you've yeah, been quoted as, as you know, calling your company that. I want to save uh, com comments about that till later. But, you know, Ray and I have talked a lot about here on the show where great radio and a lot of the classic ads that we air here on our show, but great radio great in ads. general, uh, when, when it does air, it, it really stands out and it's... Uh, when it's creative and, 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 and there are creative spots out there, it really is showcasing the advertiser's message. And I'm curious, we've just got about a minute and a half, two minutes left about here. About a minute left, actually. Brian. About a minute left. It's been suggested that Radio Peter has lacked a bit of the sexiness, if you will, that its broadcast cousin television brings to agency creatives. And they tend to gravitate to TV more for solving clients' marketing problems than radio. Is that a fair assessment? I think that's a fair assessment, but I, I don't think it's an honest assessment, I think that, uh, fair to my industry, I think the television, you know, the television is going to be there in one incarnation or another. I think that the television model is going to move to an on-demand model because consumers want choice and they want to be able to time shift programming. But I think in terms of radio, I don't think that anybody has really done as an effective job is getting to the decision makers inside those organizations instead of worrying about making a reel, but about making a commercial that's going to move product for the current clients that they're having. And client retention is what it's going to all be about for the advertising business moving forward. Our guest is uh, Peter Smythe, uh, President and the CEO of Greater Media and Chairman of the Radio Advertising Bureau. More on the app show right now. 
make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. A woman here? Never. A woman's world has freely grown. Most places now she calls around. Gentlemen, prefer hands. The guest of the Ad Show get a free pair of uh, stockings, I guess, tonight, right? right? I see you're wearing control top today. Well, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's been a tough week, okay? Well, <laughs> Peter Smythe, president and CEO of Greater Media Inc. and chairman of the Radio Advertising Bureau here with uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. High def, and yeah, I think Peter pointed out a... Interesting fact. Uh, the difference between uh, high def and uh, satellite radio is the fact that you've got real live human local people talking to you as opposed to just playing stuff. And I think that's a wonderful benefit. Right, Peter? I think it's very important. And I think another key element is free. Radio yeah. is a free <laughs> medium. Audio entertainment should be free. But I think that the, you know, the caliber of the spoken word is powerful. I mean, you have a local disc jockey in a market that can relate one-on-one to his or her listener. Yeah. I mean, that credibility, that transmission line of, you know, trust is very difficult. That's big. I mean, you look at the renaissance of talk radio. I mean, it's become the electronic town hall of our of our generation. Right. And it's only getting more powerful every day. And the growth in the Hispanic program and the growth in the urban markets. I mean, and jazz stations that are coming on. I just put a jazz station on just recently. I mean, these formats are Mm-hmm. A real jazz station, Peter, or a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to debate the merits of the music. I, I, every program director in America would come up and shoot me. Okay, well, we, we won't go there then. Let me guess. Is that in the, your Detroit market? We did it in Philadelphia. We just did Philadelphia. it in Philadelphia. Yeah, we just Fantastic. Did it in Philadelphia. Is it called The Wave? We call it uh, JJZ Smooth Jazz. Smooth Jazz. Cool. Okay, so it's smooth yeah, jazz. It's really nice. Yeah. You know, uh, you mentioned early on, I think uh, Ray uh, read in your bio, about Greater Media being one of the few uh, privately owned media companies today. I'd like to get you to weigh in on, uh, gosh, what we lived through in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s with the consolidation of radio and, gosh, the fact that just privately owned radio companies is such an unusual breed in and of itself. Was uh, was it all what it was, uh, I guess, meant to be when it came down to consolidation? I know it was all about, you know, uh, being more efficient and being able to become more profitable and making people on Wall Street happy, but I'm not sure that it was, in the end result, good for consumers. But you're a private company. It must have been good for you. Well, I think that that's an excellent point, Brett. I, you know, the Telecom Act of 96 really opened the floodgates to consolidation. And, and as a private company, you know, sure, I'm held to the same metrics to some degree as uh, public companies. But the key for us is that we are in the radio business. And we look at the long term. And we want to make sure that we invest in these radio stations in terms of marketing, personnel, people, technical facilities. Because at the end at the end of the day, we have an obligation to our listener to make sure that we provide the best community service, the best possible experience they can have. Number two, and importantly, to our advertisers. I mean, my job is to make sure that I just don't work on the first sale, but I work on the resale and I move product for the advertiser that I'm working for in that given commercial. And I, I think thirdly and, and, and importantly is that a license granted to a company by the FCC is, is not a right, it's a privilege. And when you look at it as a privilege, I think you have a different perspective of how this whole industry is going to be shaped. Uh, when consolidation came around in 96, you know, most companies in Wall Street got in because growth rates at that point were 8, 9, 10% every year, and companies were getting these massive amounts of leverage on them, which I think hurt because it sucked out the available funds to put back into marketing and promotion and advertising. And I think that also hurt radio's share of voice and agencies 
because you no longer saw these incredibly gifted television or marketing campaigns or interesting promotions. Everything was more concerned on a 90-day cycle. No business, no business that deals in attitudes, which we all deal in, can live on a 90-day cycle. It's just impossible to build longevity, to build strong brands, and to have success. So I, I do think in the consolidated world, my own opinion, is for an operator to own more four or five stations in a market is really sometimes counterproductive because in any great market, in any major market, there's basically eight formats. And after that, what you start to do is cannibalize yourself or you look for flanking opportunities or you have to look for innovation and things like that. And, and the Telecom Act or the deregulation really didn't let companies do a lot of experimenting because there was such highly leverage and um, there was so much pressure on for returns to Wall Street. I think that radio, I'm, I'm glad to hear that companies are considering going private again because that will put the creativity and the dollars back into the investment that we need. And we have got to invest in the infrastructure and technology. This is the greatest opportunity for radio it's ever had. These, these days ahead of us are just filled with opportunities and dollars. You know, I think those are all outstanding points, and obviously the economies of scale that uh, Clear Channel is an example, and I'll say it. Uh, I think the end result was maybe less of a quality product than was out there uh, prior to the cons uh, consolidation of many stations. But shifting gears for a moment, congratulations, by the way, on uh, starting your uh, first of two years uh, serving as the chairman of the Radio Advertising Bureau's Board of Directors chairman. And uh, assuming that you were attending this year's uh, RAB conference in Dallas, Alice, I wanted, wanted to get to the highlights of the event and just kind of give us, uh, you know, the tone of the discussions there. Well, first of all, I think that, uh, you know, Gary uh, Fries has retired. He did an outstanding job for the RED over the past 14 years, and I was part of the search committee that hired Jeff Haley, who comes to us from Time Warner, who was uh, responsible for the global marketing division there, over a billion dollars worth of sales. Jeff is a very bright, energetic um, man who brings to the table uh, no knowledge of radio. He's never been in the business. But he mm -hmm. brings a great marketing knowledge and a great understanding of what Madison Avenue's needs are and what our customer needs are and what Main Street's needs are. And I think that uh, we came out of Dallas. Um, Jeff gave a great vision of where he sees our industry going. And I think that um, we understand that there has to be an investment in technology. But the most important thing that we do is we have to turn this perception around that we are a tired uh, medium and that we have to make sure that the men and women on Madison Avenue and Main Street know that radio reaches over 90-some-odd percent of the American population, and it's an innovative, creative medium that, combined with its interactive presence, is probably going to be one of the most driving forces as we move forward in the marketing business today. It's uh, Peter Smythe with us here on the Advertising Show, President and CEO of Greater Media, Inc., all around the country, and the Chairman of the Radio Advertising Bureau Board of Directors as well. We've got another few minutes to spend with Peter, with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe here on the Advertising Show. Stay with us. How can 18 different companies all sell the exact same thing known as water? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most thought-provoking, groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. Your job demands you not only have good ideas, but great ideas. And those great ideas have to start somewhere. And that somewhere is in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. 
How can you get someone's attention if you don't have $10 million in a celebrity endorsement? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most innovative and groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. The next big idea demands out-of-the-box thinking. Start your search for greatness in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. There's nothing like the face of a kid eating a Hershey bar. There's nothing like it. You along with Brad Forsyth here on the Advertising Show. Back uh, for one more segment with Peter Smythe, President and CEO, Greater Media Inc., and Chairman of the Radio Advertising Bureau Board of Directors. What a great organization Radio Advertising Bureau is. And uh, Gary Fries was fantastic. Gary was with uh, out in Los Angeles with uh, the, the folks at Transtar many, many Transtar years ago. Transtar many years. Which, uh, which I, that, at that point, I knew him, but he did a great job. And uh, obviously the reins are handed over to a guy who has absolutely no experience. That was a good choice, Peter. The guys keep, uh, the Jeff keeps asking, is, where are the pictures? I don't understand this <laughs> stuff. This yeah. pictures. Anyway, welcome back to the show. I think that Jeff is, uh, you know, uh, what Jeff brings is uh, oh, sure. able to ask the questions of, you know, where are we going? Uh, yeah. What's the strategic positioning for radio today? What are some of these perceptions that have to be changed? And the only way perceptions can be changed by changing the experience. And what's important for us to do is change the experience that the ad community, particularly the creative and particularly some of the chief marketing officers have had with the negative impact of radio from our, you know, competitors around us. And I think, as uh, I've said on numerous occasions, John Kerry never responded to the Swift Boat ads, and had he done it, it might have changed his course of history. Right. And I think that's some of the stuff that radio has to do. We have to be more proactive on the marketing front. And uh, I say every time I, in Dallas, I, on the talks I gave, I said, you know, just stand up and be proud you're one of the greatest mediums known to mankind. Yeah. And uh, I think we've got to start doing that stuff. Yeah, you know, the key, I guess, is not allowing your anyone, for that matter, to define who you are, define yourself. You know, some have been critical, Peter, of, of Arbitron's portable people meter, saying that it's too little, too late. Others have suggested it really doesn't matter that it's taken this long to, to bring such uh, to market, that it's a huge improvement over the antiquated diary system. I'm curious, where do you stand on Arbitron's PPM rating system? Well, I was, uh, our company was involved in their first test in Philadelphia, and it, when I saw the data coming out of there, like anybody, change is difficult, and we're all doubting Thomas's, but I think that uh, I saw that the audience practically doubled the size of radio, and everybody wow. talked about this phantom cum. I think you'll, you'll really see it uh, being manifested in these uh, people meters as the data starts to roll out of Philly and Houston. Uh, you know, I think that... It, We've got to move towards electronic measurement. We have to move towards electronic invoicing. We have got to make the buy and sell of radio for the advertising agency far more easier. It's just too complicated today. And I think that whole process has to be revamped. But on the people meter, uh, I support the people meter. Is there always going to be a better ma- mousetrap? Yes. The diary system was invented for 15-minute shows that aired on WOR and KDK and great radio stations like that. So. Electronic measurement will give us more quantitative results. It'll help our advertisers have a better feeling for what their audience and the delivery actually is. 
And as we move down the road, we'll be able to do things with UPC codes and product placements in stores and be able to track actual movement of product a lot better. And that panel that they have can be used for a lot of different applications. Now, there's some in my industry that think that, you know, we should wait for different um, uh, methods of electronic measurement. I begrudge nobody anything, but my whole thing to, to radio today is let, let's begin. And yes, it's expensive, and um, but I think in the long run, you cannot have a short-term view if you're going to be in this business for the long term. And it's an investment today that I hope will bear fruit for everybody and will show the men and women, and many people I think will be surprised when they see how dominant radio is in these markets. Yeah. Well, getting more granular with, uh, with your audience and what they're doing and how often they're listening has got to be a good thing for advertisers and stations alike. I'd never heard, maybe you can help me understand this, Peter. Well, are we running out of time here, Ray? Just about. Let's, uh, let's take it for another minute or so, Brad. Oh, okay. Well, I just wanted to ask you, is it minute by minute as far as what PPM offers? It will be, yes. It will be. It'll be able wow. to show you overnights. It'll be able to show you the, the ability is there to do all these different things. Um, I, don't, I don't think we'll see that in the very beginning, but I think in the long run we'll be able to do a lot of different things with it that has never been able to be done before. I just hope that people don't use all of some of this data. Sometimes too much data can you know, add to paralysis. I don't want the system to become paralyzed, but I do want to show that the strength of this medium and the level of these audiences, and I think that radio for once in its lifetime will be perceived as a reach medium, and that put it on equal footing with television advertising dollars. And thus, uh, tomorrow radio, Brad, has come to pass. That was the thing that uh, TM, the jingle company, did back oh, in yeah. the 70s. Yeah. The right. instant overnight Arbitron ratings, right. and there was a format called Punk Country, which we pretty much have these days, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, th lots to say and uh, lots of thanks to say. That is for Peter Smythe, President, CEO of Greater Media and Chairman of the Radio Advertising Bureau Board of Directors. Peter, we believe that radio is in good hands with you guys, and you're doing a great job. Thanks for being on the show. Ray, Ray, thank you so much for inviting me, Brad. Thank you. It's been great fun, and I hope you'll call me again in the near future. Absolutely. It's uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show, back with more in just a minute. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. You're at the top secret high karate training school. These trainees are learning how to defend themselves in case they get a high karate gift set for Christmas. Ah, the smell of high karate. High karate. Like that smell. Yeah. Boy, glad we over that stuff. Peter was a great interview, and looking forward to to you know connecting with Peter a little bit later on down the line too, because there's lots more that Peter can talk about there as well. Oh yeah. Joseph Sugarman is with us next week here on the Advertising Show. Joseph is a an author. He's also connected with Adweek, and he's author of the Adweek Copywriting Handbook. So he's going to be with us here next week on the Advertising. Show. Look forward to that as well. And uh, I don't know. Let's uh, let's do that. Let's uh, take a moment here. Patrick Meyer, a regular contributor to the advertising show, the Marketing Insider, is what it's all about. And what he's talking about today, Brad, is a thing called channels colliding. Let's listen. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider, featuring Patrick Meyer. Whenever there's an earthquake, the geologists talk about the Teutonic plates and how they're shifting. Well, my friends, let me tell you, in marketing, advertising, and channels, there are Teutonic plates that are shifting. Let me give you an example of what's going on. 
I'm with one of my top clients. We're talking about their biggest customers. He says to me, grocery is our stronghold. That's where we're focused. I said, well, let me just tell you about what's going on with channels. This is what I want to share with all of you. I said, first of all, online as a channel is poaching on all the channels. Warehouse has been happening for the last 10, 15 years, and it's been really big. But there's another one that's coming quick, dollar stores. If you aren't in dollar stores, you better get there quick because that's where a lot of the action is happening. Ever seen a Korean deli in New York City? Those delis have got food prepared. They don't look like a deli. They're half florist, half prepared foods. It's a whole new format. Walmart and Target, there's a giant sucking sound as they're pulling volume and occasions from every channel. So what do you do about this? Well, you don't start with your customer or your channels. You start with the consumer. How are they evolving? Where are they purchasing? Where are they shopping? And how is that shifting? Once you map that out, then go back to where is your volume and project out what is the trend, what's going up and what's going down, and map out where the consumer and your customers are going to be five and ten years out. The second step, look for new solutions in those emerging channels or those shifting channels. So in dollar stores, what's the right offering, what's the right merchandising to grab the consumer and pick up new distribution and new volume? It's a simple thing. Channels are shifting. How do you get in front of it and capitalize on volume? You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. Yes, it is. Happening right now as we speak, and that's good. We have uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth here with you here at the Advertising Show. AdvertisingShow.com, if you haven't already figured it out, it is absolutely chock full of incredible things all about marketing and advertising, and it's really a, a kind of a cool tool because, well, even if, uh, say, you're a student or something uh, like that uh, or just want to learn more about the ad business, you can go back and you can listen to an incredible amount of interviews. We started the show in 2001, and it's 2007. You add, the, add it up, that's a lot of shows every weekend. Uh, so there's a lot of good stuff there at theadvertisingshow.com. That website, by the way, our website is driven by Shippel. Ed Shippel is a great guy here in our home uh, market of Houston at Shippel.com. And uh, this is a marketing machine at uh, Shippel.com. Check it out. His name is spelled S-C-H-I-P-U-L, by the way. M-O-U-S-E. M-O-U-S-E, yeah. That's, uh, that's good. So no, he, he is a great guy, and it's a great company. And they've given, given us a lot of support over the years, yeah. and uh, hats off to them. Ray, how long ago? How long ago did we predict XM and Sirius would merge? Well, it had to happen. It had to happen sooner or later, sure. Yeah. yeah. Two, two, three years ago we were saying this, and apparently, you know, if the FCC approves the deal, we're mm-hmm. talking about, uh, you know, what, what could be uh, at least some sizing down in cost and some sizing up in subscribers. But I, I, I don't know. I would, didn't get a chance to ask Peter about this, but my question about that whole deal is, uh, they're still struggling with subscribers, and although there will be some economies of scale in, in terms of merging the two companies, but uh, my goodness, uh, you know, you're still dealing with uh, asking a consumer to pay for radio content that uh, yeah. I'm not sure is that much better uh, or is even as good as what you can find in what they call today free radio. Yeah, exactly. Well, the so. high-def stuff is, is really cool, too. And there's a high-def uh, radio ad alliance as well out there that is, uh, you know, that is running uh, schedules and such on, on high-def radio stations, apparently. Uh, but oh, it's what, where you can find the formats and the stations and so forth? Is well, that what you're saying? No, that they're actually running 
commercials, uh, oh. uh, which I think is very interesting because Peter indicated that it was going to stay commercial free, which is great. Uh, right. You know, for instance, the local uh, PBS affiliate has uh, you can listen to music or you can listen to all things considered. What a great idea! What an mm-hmm. a- absolutely wonderful idea. Now, the thing about uh, HD radio that uh, Peter didn't get a chance to mention is because of the technology, it is not quite where it should be, Brad, because there are some signal deficiencies. For instance, a high def signal is not as penetrable as a regular uh, signal on a you know a good old 100,000 watt or 50,000 watt radio station. So hmm. there's still some coverage issues there, but it certainly is cool to see that radio has come up with something new for itself because I think that's very important uh, 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 consideration. And I also like the fact that Peter talked about Oh, the companies like, uh, well, like that I worked for back in the 70s and the 80s. That uh, Those were the great companies, and that's what the greater media is all about as well, too. So oh, yeah. It's, it's good to see that kind of stuff. So thanks, Peter, for your attention to today's program, and uh, we thank you for listening as well. With Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, remember, go to theadvertisingshow.com, and hopefully you'll be able to tune in uh, next week as well. We've got uh, uh, Joseph Sugarman with us. Uh, Joe is uh, author of the Adweek Copywriting Handbook. That sounds like something you have in your library. Advertising Show brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine and by Walter Carl Interactive at waltercarl.com. The Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production.